Hello, my friends. Today we're speaking with a Renaissance man in cannabis. His family has been farming for a very long time, and the nuances of growing this medicinal plant is part of the magic that we've come to want. But Rick doesn't stop at this wooded property line. His feet actually pound the pavement for you to be able to use this plant. He takes this argument with politicians and regulators and makes them listen. His story is part of the Courage in Cannabis series created by Dr. Bridget Cole Williams. And I'm proud to introduce you to my new friend, Rick Anstis, right after the intro. Welcome to Season 4 of the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not, and what it does. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval, yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in Western healthcare specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from the scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various live online outlets. The specific scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall because I'm not a doctor, nor did I go to medical school, but I did take dozens of private cannabis courses from doctors and scientists and still engage in continuing education offered by cannabis expert scientists over the past few years and slowly began to see and understand the bigger picture. Now I talk to people all day long about cannabis and hopefully inspire them to research the facts as we know them today. Cannabis is an amazing alternative in health remedies. It can reportedly alleviate typical disease problems and troubling side effects, even those caused by synthetic prescriptions. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, raised by nuns and wolves in the verdant cattle pastures of the Oklahoma oil fields. I'm here to amplify the truth of this great big story of cannabis in historical, political, scientific, and spiritual terms so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. It sounds like I have Mr. Fun Guy. Hello. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm fine, and how are you? Good. Are you in Berrien City? Berrien uh, Center? Uh, Berrien Springs, Michigan, yeah. Um, it's uh, southwest Michigan, uh, near uh, Niles, Michigan, kind of just north of South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is. 
Oh, well, thanks for that GPS. <laughs> yeah, we often have, in Michigan, we, we either show our hand and show you where we are from, or we, we get descriptive. <laughs> I, I Well, I appreciate that because I'm a brand new Michigander. And so oh. I just moved up here after 35 years of Florida, okay. Central Florida. So, uh, wow, is it wonderfully, wildly, vibrantly different <laughs> up yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. The the undergrowth, the uh, that's it. the whole environment. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just really amazing. Uh, and uh, the commercials are wildly different. There's yeah. a there's a lot of sort of survivalist commercials up here, and I get that because mm -hmm. of heavy snow and ice and serious conditions up here. You, you you really need to know how to survive through harsh conditions. And so right. I kind of appreciate these new commercials I'm seeing about, you know, storing foods and tires yeah, and cars and, you know, the right things to have in your cars all the time and that yeah, sort of absolutely. thing. Yeah, for sure. Down in Florida, we worry for weeks about the hurricane coming and will we run or will we not? Yeah. So it's it's very yeah, different. I I lived in Castleberry for a short period of time, oh. which is just outside of Orlando there. Yes. Uh, and uh, it was a very neat, neat experience. I, 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 uh, to have those storms come in every day and, and kind of cool things off for like four minutes. And then <laughs> <laughs> was like really, really unique for me because of course our weather isn't like that. And, and, uh, it was just like, okay, well, it's about to rain, you know, and it'll be gone in a minute. <laughs> you know, that area is the lightning capital of the world. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of strikes there for sure. That and a lot uh, of strikes. Where is it? Um, when I was out in Denver, lightning strikes on that particular mountain. It's down near an Air Force base. And yeah, that's the second one. And then, yeah, Florida. Being, I want to uh, say where that is. I used to live out in Denver, but... Um, and I used I to go to the springs every summer with my mother, who would take me, my mother would take me. Gosh, thanks for the memories, Rick. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's sweet. So did I find you or did you find me? Uh, was it on LinkedIn or some other Um, medium? I believe it was through Candy uh, Flores. Um, oh. With, uh, I'm a book author with uh, Courage and Cannabis. So she's been linking uh, us authors to um, various things. And I think that's where we came I, to be. I'm absolutely certain of it now, Rick. Forgive me for memory loss there. I've, I've been a little self-absorbed in this move. And so I just forgot. Yes, of course, Courage and Cannabis. And I'm so thrilled that you're part of this and that I get to be part of listening to your story live. So it's important um, for everybody to understand how cannabis, even though many of us treat it recreationally, is truly life-saving medicine for right. many. Yeah. Won't you and tell us about yourself, honey, please? Sure. Um, well, I'm uh, going on uh, 13 years uh, as a caregiver in the state of Michigan here. And um caregiver program, if you don't necessarily understand it, they're all a little bit different in each medical state. And I believe Michigan has the best in the country. Really? Um, Why? 
in the regards to the way it was structured and created. So it was created by the people. Both of our legal laws here in Michigan are um, dr uh, citizen-driven, um, citizen-petitioned um, <clears throat> laws. And you don't normally get that. There's only 35 states that even allow that to any degree. And then, of course, ours allows us to um, get those petitions, qualify a law, and then vote it in, which we did all those things. Um, and then we were allowed to be a part of the writing of it as well. So that's pretty heroic for a community. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. It was it was monumental in yeah. the sense that we we had three hundred and twenty five sig or th excuse me three hundred and twenty five thousand signatures wow. uh, in the state of Michigan to create wow. recreational. Um, but back to the medical side, that where it really starts <clears throat> is where it started. So the reason we got that, the reason we had those numbers, is because cancer, disease, and illnesses lay on us all. Yes. And is a part of all of our lives in some way or another, whether it's directly or through immediate family. Yes. And um, cannabis helps an entourage of those things. In <clears throat> Once we figured that out and we had this medical program uh, or were creating it, it, it was the testimonies that got the lawmakers to understand it. Um, yes. and uh, communities to understand it. You, it's very hard to deny a video that shows a, a seizing child and then an uh, administration of RSO oil under their tongue, and in, in seconds, that seizing child comes back. Yes. Um, and you can't deny it. Like, and, and that's just one instance. And then you have cancer, and you have rheumatoid arthritis, and you have multiple sclerosis, and you have all these neurological uh, things Parkinson's, all of it. Yeah, MS, yeah. so mm -hmm. many disease and issues. Right. And it, and it just um, has an ability to uh, aid with so many things Relieve, by, putting, yes. yeah, by putting our, uh, our bodies back into a homeostasis state of being to. And so those videos uh, and these stories are what our politicians and regulatory people can really relate to. They can't relate to a cannabinoid compound. Right. But they can relate to seeing a video of a, a person in the midst of a palsied seizures suddenly stop after seconds. Right. Yes. Yep. Those, those kind of things. And that's what got us the ability to, to create this caregiver program and this caregiver program allows for five patients per caregiver and um, 12 plants per uh, patient. And the, uh, that, that allows us 72 plants, um, including ourselves <clears throat> to grow and create medicine. And I think that's, it's vital to say those kind of numbers because some people don't quite understand what that means. So there's a variance in, in growing techniques. Mm -hmm. So some people may grow 72 plants and they have very small plants and they don't yield very much, so on and so forth. Or their area that they grow in is, is minimized so they have to grow smaller plants. And then there's others that can has the capacity to grow very large plants in 72 plants. Um, so, and sometimes that is what's needed to create an RSO or a concentrate that 
somebody needs for their medicine. So Rick, are uh, you saying that there's no restriction on how caregivers grow their medication, their cannabis? There are some, there are some restrictions and guidelines and rules, but no, Mm -hmm. not far as like the weight. So if you have an area that, you know, you can put 72 plants and you can grow as much as you possibly can. Um, And again, what that means for, for a caregiver, it allows to take on heavier loads such as cancer. So cancer generally takes about 60 grams of RSO to bring it back into a remissive state of being in the body, Mm. along with other things, life-changing things, usually with people, whether it be quitting smoking or eating unhealthy foods uh, or toxic toxic drinks or anything like that. Um, But RSO does have that ability to uh, bring the body again back into that homeostasis balanced Place. How did you come into the science of, of cannabis? Uh, weirdly, oddly, I guess, um, as a, as a caregiver, um, I took this very seriously. So <clears throat> I would, um, start understanding it all myself kind mm-hmm. of through the learning process, the scientific process. <clears throat> so I, I will buy, uh, or obtain certain strains and, um, match them to my patients. So, Somebody with rheumatoid arthritis might need something with CBG and uh, pine, pinene or linol uh, terpene. And I defined a strain that specific, specifically kind of has those things in it yes. and then accentuate them through the grow process. So mm-hmm. I would do the math on the inputs of how and when I feed my plants and then the outputs in the lab results stating what my outputs were, what it created so that I could... Um, administer the medicine and, and, you know, test it with the uh, uh, patient to see how the results were. And that really allows you to hone in and steer away from certain things that you may not want in the plant because it's so diverse. I love hearing your baby in the background. Yeah, she's, she's a a go-getter. Very sweet. She sounds very sweet. I have six (laughs) dogs in this room with me and they're all laying on a bed just no. you know, uh, so uh, uh, yeah so in if, if if at any moment you hear the cacophony of you know the sounds that they make you'll understand <laughs> why no so you're good I'm thrilled to hear Rick that you uh, test your products I'm I'm thrilled to hear that I've, I've not heard another farmer say that you know or or caregiver say that they go through testing um, well, well it, uh, certain. Yeah, sorry. Not all, I, I've heard a few, but really, you're the first yeah. one who, who's talking about doing it as a caregiver. And mm-hmm. what what laboratory do you use or do you have your own or um, oh, so many questions? Go ahead with your story. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so there's some local testing labs um, that uh, take, you know, licensed caregiver product and will test it. And um I use uh, one in near Kalamazoo, and then there's one in um, Lansing. If you're and, happy, uh, if you're comfortable with naming them, I'm comfortable with giving them the promotion. So, um, because I I really push um, certificates of um, analysis to my audience to make sure that okay. they're getting you know uh, what they expect. 
and uh, and what they need. And sure. so I yeah. I don't know how all the lab situation works up here. It was not accessible to me in Florida. But well, um, it's, I'm it's kind ahead. of a wild wild thing here. Um, like many things, we we created an industry and and we quickly veered away from uh, medical things and things like that. So what what happened was the labs that wanted had interest in getting in here. Many of them, some of them, um, had come here from other places or been created by somebody that's seen an opportunity. Um, we had a big, yeah, yeah. And we had a big problem with, uh, testing there for a while. There was truthful, the biggest... truthful testing. They all got competitive. Yeah. yeah and they yeah. all so got naughty. Yeah. Not all. Not um, all. But, um, yeah. Some did create, you know, some, some waves, so to speak. But it gave but, it such um, a, all the other good labs, very right. bad names. Right. Yeah. So, well, kind of, it's all, it also kind of diverted attention. So we still have to test. So it, if anything, I think it maybe uh, helps some of those labs get, get some more customers uh, from oh, some good. of the ones that, but again, it's kind of one of those things that it's trying to get it all figured out. But with the testing uh, labs that I use is the spot, it, which was in Cal is in Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. And then um, PS lot PSI labs in uh, Lansing. The spot and, and PSI labs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they take caregiver uh, things. And that's real, like I said, it's a real big benefit to, to somebody that's small batch and doing smaller things because it allows me to hone in my, my room. So it's growing at, at, at its optimal. And then it allows me to make more minor, uh, more specific adjustments to the strains that I'm working with. I love um, that. Because I can't find what I need for my specific issues. And I want real stuff that's been tested in the lab so that I understand what the compounds are that I'm looking for. Right. And you're the guy I want to come to. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm so tickled that you're doing this. So how'd you get into it? I mean, um, you, well, you said I you became a caregiver. Did you need it for yourself as well? I'm curious yeah. yeah i'm a patient caregiver um <clears throat> my wife also uh i would say is pretty much where it all started is she told me to to quit my day job which was manual labor being a roofer mm -hmm. um and dive into to this caregiving, uh, caregiving thing and and kind of just we called it for a while do do rick things and that's what i was doing i was just doing rick as in things. simpson yeah, or no, just Rick, uh, <laughs> just Rick in general. Yeah, just right. Me, you know, my my things, whatever those are. Of course. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of evolved into uh, a lot of uh, a a lot of ability to help people um, and educate them. And I, you know, I've, I've, it was kind of weird at first to be like, okay, um, people are looking at me and looking towards me for for advice and things like that because of what I've achieved. Yes. And, and, uh, that's, that's good. So I guess I should use that, um, humbly and, and with an open mind to learning, that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, uh, fail at is they gain, they gain something in life and, and then they kind of forget to learn, continue to learn. So I'm always, uh, humble enough to say that I'm dead wrong. And, and if somebody can prove that, then, 
that's good because then then I can stop being wrong and telling others anything that might be wrong. <laughs> right. It's very yeah. nice to um, live in an attitude of gratitude and humility and learning. You know, learning is so wonderful um, because it improves us and, and helps our civilization move forward. So when we can finally begin to learn from science about this plant, not just testimony, but from science, then, you know, we're moving the needle forward for humanity and civilization. Right. And that's the neat thing about our law, too, real quick, um, is written in our, our recreational law was uh, $40 million allocated to um, test Education. study. Oh, test well, study. No, test study, federal FDA test studies. What? So, yeah, so there's currently at Wayne State University and the University of Michigan test studies being done on a veteran's PTSD. Um, that oh only my gosh. That is only happening properly right now because of one man named Anton Harb, uh, which he stepped in and he's a former veteran and CIA agent and uh, government person, but he's also now a medical advocate for veterans. But he stepped in and noticed that in the written law that it was demanded that they be FDA studies and clinical studies. And both universities took about $15 million and neither one of them had implemented anything other than observational studies. And he blew his top and he told everybody and we got it turned around that they now are doing the, the actual studies because it costs a lot more. So they could put $3 million, take $15 million, put $3 million in their observation study, and then who knows with the rest. And that was the game that he intercepted. And I'm just very thankful for him uh, now that they're, you know, holding their noses to the coals, so to speak, to get it done. Nice that you called his name out about that. It's good to hear when somebody steps into politics and does something right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We want to support so. those people. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. I, I've got so many questions. I hate to keep interrupting, but here's, here's a big one. You, you said Michigan was medical first and then recreational and then whoops, there went the medical program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not completely gone or abolished. Um, still on the books, so to speak in both manners. Um, the uh, the medical program, the the caregiver program that we have is seeing mad declines in numbers um, for various reasons, like the industry, recreational industry is getting so normalized and so saturated that nobody's got any really talking about the medical side of things. A lot of people will just be like, well, I just go to the dispensary. I just go buy recreational weed. I don't necessarily need my card or anything like that. And um, that's really hurt our numbers with that mindset. What a lot of people, what a, me and Michigan Weedsters, which that's another organization I founded and part of. Uh, I've actually heard of Michigan Weedsters. Oh, good. Uh, from Teresa Bowers, a Canadian nurse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, that's good. And yeah, we're, you know, uh, 
a group of basically caregivers, patients, and citizens that uh, want, demand that our medical programs stay intact. Um, I want to be part of that. Wonderful. Yes, yeah, would absolutely. I want to be gotta, part of gotta, that. We got a capital rally. We rented out the Capitol on uh, for September 28th. I welcome you to that. Okay. Uh, so and we'll have the community there and doing our doing our rally. This is our third rally. Fantastic. And, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Good. I'm busy. Okay. I'm well, we'll hook up uh, after and and stay in touch because I I do want to be involved. Uh, we, <laughs> I you know, no judgment about recreational if you know if you want to go smoke your brains out go smoke your brains out i don't give a shit yeah but people are hurting and they need relief and cannabis is medicine people right and if you don't know how to use it you are just blowing your opportunity for real lasting relief well and that's one thing that i push uh, in my advocacies and uh, I've spoke at Hashbash and, and, you know, at the Capitol and in various places. And what I, I, I want to just continue to make sure everybody understands that you cannot take the medicinal values out of recreational cannabis. Right. <laughs> it's still the same plant. I, exactly. <laughs> I love that you said that like that. That's a great one. You cannot yeah. take the medicinal values out of recreational cannabis. <laughs> right. So, so what we're doing regardless is always medicating. And, and even I, I tell some stories of, you know, times that I'd been in construction and been with some different types of people and, one uh, one particular gentleman, you know, had a crack addiction, and throughout the night, that's what he did. And mm. and while everybody was sleeping in the hotels, getting ready for work in the morning, you know, I was doing hurricane relief, mm. and that was his thing. And then in the mornings, you know, he would be down and coming down from his. He was having his physical yeah. withdrawals, yeah. And um, he'd want to smoke with us, like, hey man, let me smoke that weed, you know, yeah. and and like, yeah man, why are it's the reason that he wanted to smoke it was because it was medicinally helping him. A lot of people would call it a crutch. No, it gave him relief from all of the cramping in his belly and the, the anxiety and the, you know, nausea and all of it. And it's the individual himself that is going to go back later on at six o'clock in the evening and make that choice to do, do the the other things again um, because his body is craving it it's now an addiction he his mind doesn't have any ability to fight that right right and cannabis really helps alleviate those things especially in the concentrates um between rso and wax it can really i've seen it i want to tell you something that i heard uh well i just interviewed a gentleman and it just blew me away and i would never advocate this Friends, I'm just stunned to realize how difficult it is to find trustworthy, high-quality CBD products that are full-spectrum, whole plant, with all the natural compounds extracted from the plant for you to consume as nature provided. They just don't carry it in the dispensaries in my town. They push their own isolate brands, and that's just not good enough for me. It doesn't have all the compounds. I've heard a lot of complaints about how to find consistent, over-the-counter CBD products, and I have a solution. 
I became an affiliate partner with Healer Hemp Products. And Dr. Dustin Sulak, a, a doctor of osteopath, who created this line, is truly one of the greatest leaders in cannabis therapy walking the planet today, giving his patients relief from their issues for many, many years with his Healer CBD products that can now be shipped to all 50 states. I use his acidic version of cannabidiol, or CBDA. It has everything plus a lot more of the compound which Dr. Sulak and other leaders in this industry have found to be more potent, thereby using less, which ends up making a big difference to your wallet, but it also adds many benefits to your body. Start lifting your quality of life with Healer CBD products today and check out a savings that I can offer you in the link below. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, and I don't prescribe. But this man fell into a family with a four or five-year-old autistic kid Mm -hmm. that they began giving dabs to, and that kid has come out of his autism. Wow. Now, again, I would never, I would never say that is right for anybody, but it's right for him. Right. Yeah. And, and that's something interesting for me because, uh, Amy Carter, a good friend of mine, another, uh, I, I, I know Amy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Another co-founder of Michigan Weedsters, actually the, the oh, founder. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah. She's the core base of our group, her and Latricia. Um, and, um, so her son, obviously, you know, autism as well. Um, yeah. There's 115 uh, minor patients here in Michigan that are on the, uh, that have qualified under the autism uh, qualification for medical cannabis. Is that right? And, and it's helping in many ways. So to think about such a young person doing a dab is yes. blowing my mind right now because exactly. I've always seen it in edible or uh, something to that regard. And, and he smokes I it. I mean, they shotgunned yeah. it to him, you know, in the yeah. beginning. And right. then they taught him how to, how to smoke, I right. guess. So, wow. but, but it brought him, it brought a violent self-harming five-year-old who, you know, made not only his own world, but the world of all of those people around him, teachers, family, mm-hmm. everybody, miserable. Yeah. With fear and anxiety, you know, and, and physical deprivation of sleep and all of that. Uh, it, it just took all of that nastiness out of his world and calmed his little self down. Mm-hmm. And when he was six years old, that kid had never spoken. And when he was mm-hmm. six years old, he was watching something on television and he started reading off of the television in full sentences, just like I'm speaking to you now, this gentleman That's awesome. said. That's awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. I've heard of that too. Yeah. And it, it creates a synapsis in the brain that, again, we need, we need science for. I mean, yeah. I can say this and that, but I, I believe it creates a synapsis in the brain that is very unique that in autism, for instance, that speaking uh, impediment or that, that mm-hmm. uh, breach in the brain is, is a neuron that's trying to fire 
but it's got a break in it and it can't come across that. It's got no way to bridge it. And can't, for some weird reason, it seems like cannabis has some way to create a bridge, uh, go around the problem, uh, but it gets you there. And yes. you see, you know, it helps those so, neurons fire, find each other and fire, refire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Rewires, really rewires the brain. Right. And refires. I agree. And, that, and that's, that's amazing to think, even think that it's possible. And, um, and for a, you know, a person that can't speak, but now can speak makes you wonder like how relief, how much of a relief that is. Cause you feel like you're probably feel like you're trapped in your own mind when you know, you want to say something and you can say it, but you yes. can't say it. Yes. Um, and also what a relief from the other end, from the parental view, to know that even an autistic, you know, even their autistic child who may have, may be nonverbal is still learning right. language, still learning inside. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're capable of speaking or not, they're still learning right. inside. And I, I love that insight. Mm -hmm. uh, do you yeah. know Dr. Bonnie Goldstein? Uh, she, heard that name. Mm -hmm, she is a uh, leading uh, uh, cannabinoidologist uh, and uh, specialist in autism. And so I'll have, <clears throat> I'll send you a link to her stuff, but she is, um, does some amazing work in autism and has her own child. And that's, of course, how she got into it. And she's uh, an MD and la, 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 la. So anyway, mm -hmm. she, she does all of that sort of neurological uh, sciencey stuff um, in autism. Wow. And it's wonderful. Yeah. So <clears throat> back to Michigan. I'm I'm so tickled to begin to understand what the system is up here, and um, and boy, you sound like you have really done some research on um, the whole cannabis aspect and what's going on. Yeah, I've been in the fight on pretty much every angle since the giddy up, um, trying to be in the fight at least. Um, and I call it a fight because even when we you know, got recreational here, I, I told everybody I made, you know, that this is just the beginning of our fight because now, now we really have bureaucracy and, and uh, the, the, the governments, the legislators kind of holding this. But one unique thing um, that we do have is it takes a three-quarter vote in the House and the Senate to change any parts of the law. Yes, um, which is very powerful for us because um, we already saw four bills come to us two years ago um, that were going to uh, attack our caregiver program pretty heavily, and um, we were able to do the people and between Michigan Weedsters and uh, various other groups going to Lansing, we were able to stop those bills, which is again like congratulations, historic. Like to it be is. able to stop, they probably spent over four million dollars lobbying um, to to try and get these bills passed. Why? And what was their point of crippling uh, caregiver program? <laughs> really, kind of a long story. Uh, corporate greed um, yeah, and, okay. and structure of a brand new industry yeah, okay. um, given to the government. And then uh, so they, they wanted to own it all. There was yeah. no reason to not try and take it all. They yeah. didn't see that the people needed to have anything. 
to do with this, especially when they were pushing safety factors. Wow. Um, which again, they, they fell short on their face and it, it didn't come to fruition, but, um, and then there was caregivers paid. No, no, we're, uh, we run and operate on a donational premise in the law that allows, uh, us to gift, gift to our, um, patients and then they are willing you know they are free to like donate uh monetarily yeah to your little program yeah a charitable donation so what does that do for you as a business you're not a business you're a caregiver you fall into the michigan caregivers slot right yeah so as far as licensed businesses we have to have that that recreational license um to qualify as like that kind of um side of things um so it's that's a little bit different but it it's very complicated um okay if i wanted to become a caregiver you're telling me it's complicated no not that's not complicated just trying to explain like how our our heart the whole thing kind of works is kind of complicated but um but it does work very well so you basically in about 20 minutes uh through essential telehealth which is Michigan Weedsters work with them to get people their cards. Oh. And there's other, there's other groups in Michigan that are also doing this. Dr. Bridget also um, is giving out or, you know, doing cards here in Michigan. Um, but through essential telehealth, it, it's $90. If you use the uh, passcode uh, Michigan or actually just Weedsters. Weedsters. And um, I'll put yeah. that in the show notes too, to use a, yeah. Link. I'll put a link in the code. A, that'll give a discount. And then um, it takes maybe 15, 20 minutes and you're on your phone um, with a doctor in a video call. Um, they qualify your, your, uh, your things. You do all your paperwork on online and then they send you the paperwork that needs to be sent to the state. Okay. Um, and then that's it. And does it cost... So, any money to the state? Um, no, the whole thing is ninety dollars. So there's, uh, I think it's forty to the state right now. Oh, okay. Which I'm, I'm still trying to work on a few things there as well. I know there's administrative things and things like that. Is that but, a one time uh, or is it annual? Uh, every it gives you two years. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Florida is but, really ridiculous. They make you yeah. go see a doctor every seven months to renew your state card, which lasts a year. And a state card is $75. And then you may get a $100 pot doctor or a $250 doctor who knows a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what's uh, been a problem for me too. And I think our program is the doctors that we did get initially – um, some of them came from even out of state and they're like traveling doctors and that's what they do is mm-hmm. a new state comes online with medical and they just come in and, and cash in and yeah. it's not really about the, uh, the, the thing. Whereas Dr. Bridget, she's got products and she's got things that actually, uh, can help pe- people when she, you know, like, okay, you need to try try this, this, and this. Um, she's trying to help the patients guide them through it, which is what we need. Of course. Um, 
We we um, need a friend also, in cannabis to hold our hand who who can tell us, you know, what to try because yeah. using cannabis for anybody is just it's alchemy. And we have to figure out on an individual basis where our sweet spot is and which cannabinoids we need to fix our issues. And that isn't yeah. just recreational, go in and choose something by the smell of it or the flavor. That isn't mm -hmm. it. So right. we, re we, we have real science on this. And mm -hmm. I know Dr. Bridget, too. I've, I've um, interviewed her on my show and she was you know, such a lovely guest and help, so helpful. And um, I don't remember what I was going to say after that. My mind just went oh. blip thinking about her. No, you're okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, we definitely need help. So are you growing mushrooms too? Is that something we a, get to do as a caregiver in Michigan? I'm trying to figure out. No. Yeah, no, not, not technically, not like the, uh, the psilocybin um, Cubanus, variations no so as mr fungi um that was actually kind of where i started my um my journey of uh healing so yes. I i'm from the woods kind of so to speak uh grew up on a 340 acre farm and woods and and lake um, there you are i'm so sorry <laughs> no that's my fault i bumped i bumped it with my arm actually but um Getting back to where I was was you said um, yeah, I, you were you you were you were a farm boy raised on three hundred forty acres or sixty acres and you had found healing through fungi. Yeah, yeah. So when I was a young boy, I I I saw all these things as the turnings turning of the seasons happened, and then when the internet came, um, I I was able to understand all the things in. So the, the fungus that grew in the woods and down by the creek and, and on the trees and the herbs and the, all the things. Um, Do you follow were, Paul Stamets stuff? No, but I have uh, uh, referred to him a little bit here and there with different things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, just kind of self-taught myself with, with all of that. Um, yeah, he was too. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And just, yeah, it was it was a it is a neat thing. And then so what I did was uh, I consulted people in their woods, and I would take them out uh, and show them in the different times of seasons of what they could harvest in their own properties. Oh, and if wow. they didn't have property, they could come out to mine, and we would we would do it like that. Right. Oh wow. Um, so it was a neat way for them to learn and learn about. Oh, I've always seen that mushroom, but I didn't know if it was any good because you know Grandma tells me that exactly. mushroom is no good and. Technically, there's 900 continental species uh, of mushrooms, I think, and there's like 700 of them that are either edible or medicinal in some value. So, yes. pretty good odd. Yes. Yeah. Our particular American uh, society has a great fear of mushrooms, yes. you know, we because we don't know which ones are, are poisonous and, and we don't bother to figure it out. Right. Well, and then the ones that actually are... Um, they they are kind of horrific in the in the sense of how they take take you down. You know, some of yeah. them, most of them are just stomach aches. But the ones that uh, I think it's the death cap and the death angel or whatever, mm. uh, those those will you can't eat them. Like if you eat at the doctor's ER, everybody will just you got a few hours. 
Oh my so, goodness. Yeah, it okay. just makes you look. Yeah, so yeah. there's kiss your family goodbye. Yeah. So. Well, but the good news is that there are many, many, many healing um, <laughs> mushrooms out there, and I'm yeah. so interested in finding out what their terpene content is, because like like cannabis, terpenes, you know, are the medicine within. And yeah, and I almost I don't know um, too deeply that the carry characteristics if it's more of a the chemical components mm -hmm. within the mushrooms or if it's a terpene value, but um, that's a great. Uh, well, I question. think it would be an added value to the mushroom mm -hmm. that terpenes would be an oopsies an added value, um, mm -hmm. but I just don't know. I I uh, let. Um, I read Russ Hudson's The Big Book of Terps, uh, and it's like a five-pound book. It costs 160 bucks, and it's the first yeah. of its kind on terpenes and terpenology and all of that. It's just a fabulous, fantastic read because it tells you where to find these, you know, linalool and pinene mm -hmm. and limonene, and it tells you all the foods that you can find these terpenes in. Mm -hmm. And it gives you all the medicinal values and the, you know, the science and stuff behind it. So it's a fabulous book. And the next one he's coming out with is going to be the big book of flavonoids, I think. Um, nice. But the point is, we're finding all of these remedies and uh, all this relief in plant therapy, cannabis mm -hmm and mushrooms and yeah and they're wildly yeah. different you know it's first of all if you're doing it medicinally you're going to be microdosing mostly mm -hmm. and secondarily um uh if you're going to be doing mushrooms it's going to help you for a long time cannabis is more of a short-term relief Sometimes um, more That's of a maintenance. I, I consider it kind of maintenancey. Yeah, um, maintenancey. Because it's very diverse. Yeah. You know, you can you can go into that sativa realm where you're more uplifted and excited, or you can get into that uh, deeper realm of relaxation and and kind of rest. Yeah, I so. think what I found about mushrooms is that it has a deeper way of resolving sadness. I I recently lost my husband about three months ago. And of course, you know, you go through, oh, thank you. you go through the widow's dance and all of that. And there, of course, was this amazingly deep sadness. So mm -hmm. I used some golden teacher that was available to me, mushrooms. And that, for my audience who don't know, is, has psilocybin in it. And, and that's the one that gives you, you know, the big um, high. But it's not like getting high on cannabis. It's not. And furthermore, when it did lift me, and I took more than just a microdose, I took enough to have a bit of an experience, but it lifted me and kept me lifted, period. I came out of the sadness and never went back to it. So cannabis... Cannabis could lift me for a couple of hours with a puff, you know, but not forever like the mushrooms did. And that's the difference in the healing for me personally.
did you find it to have a longer lasting relief? Um, yes, I think it does uh, really do that. Um, it can, it has the capability of being kind of more of a permanent thing. I've heard many people just taking one dose and, yeah. and having that. Whereas me, I, I kind of like to microdose and I don't do it a lot, but like right. when I, and if I want a reset, so to speak, I'll go a little bit deeper. But the way I explain it to people is it's not necessarily being high drunk or anything like that. Um, it's more of an outer body kind of experience, but you're still there in the day. So like I, I give myself like this Jiminy Cricket kind of feeling where. Yeah, uh, I like I'm that. In, yeah, I'm, I like that. Jiminy Cricket kind of feeling. Yeah. So I'm in traffic and I'm driving and somebody cuts me off. My normal reaction is to lay on the horn and throw the bird (laughs) up and tuck them. And, and then, but, but out of, for some reason, I don't react that way. I suddenly think, boy, this guy's having a little heavier morning than I am. I'm going to back off, give him a little bit space and I make a different decision than I normally would. And I do it passionate, aren't you? Yeah. That guy. Isn't that a yeah. lovely Whereas thing. I don't normally maybe not come from that place in my mind or right. thought process um, right away. You know, we all have our own little habits of reacting to things. And I think it really helps that. Um, it helps us throughout, the, you know, the day like that. I want to point out I, something you just said. We all have our little habits of reacting to things. One of my life practices is to stop reacting. I -hmm. want to stop reacting to other people's trauma and drama. And so like you, you know, laying on the horn and flipping the bird and la, la, la. That's a habitual traffic mode of mind, isn't it? Because I same thing. I don't I, I wouldn't go out unless I'd had a puff to smoke first. Mm-hmm. because I don't want to be that habitual driver. I right. want to be the compassionate driver and cannabis gives me compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cannabis is yeah. a relief for that, for anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no, medicine for anger. Definitely. And it helps again, kind of not to, not to the degree that, uh, mushrooms do, but like, like I said, kind of bring you back into a place of, Thinking, <laughs> yeah, where you're thinking, you're thinking over your own shoulder. And sometimes right. it's even like with mushrooms, it's I can even like uh, I'm literally observing myself in my mind by my my third perspective. Yeah. And, and it's, it's amazing how 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 deeply we get in our own perspectives that we don't realize how many more there are. And if you take it like five different perspectives on a certain issue, suddenly your perspective is like, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I follow Eckhart Tolle and he, he is always trying to tell us to stop thinking, mm-hmm. just, you know, just be. And then, because there's no past, it, it doesn't exist, it's over. There's no future, we, we ain't there yet. Just be, mm-hmm. be right here, right now, be now. And yeah. it, it's, a, it's a lovely place 
to be if you can get there. <laughs> yeah, Cannabis yeah. helps me get there. And I really mm-hmm. like uh, the idea of microdosing mushrooms to stay in a place where, uh, you know, you can get past the habitual reactions. Mm-hmm. Smoking mm-hmm. is smoking cigarettes is addictive because of the nicotine, but it is also addictive because of the habitual habit of hand to mouth. And, 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 and that is a, that is a habitual reaction to smoking. I want to get rid of the habitual reactions, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's not always, I mean, we all know that if we've had those kind of like vices, so to speak, that, uh, it, it's not as easy as talking about it. We've, we've had, you know, years and years of talking about how to try and, you know, stop those things. But like when, when psilocybin, um, it, it's hard to explain though, but it, it literally just kind of turns, turns things on or off, you know, and in a yes. realization kind of way. And, and what I also tell people, um, that maybe wanting to try or get into the, the healing aspects of psilocybin is, understand the strains that you're utilizing and then um, microdose yourself in slow, slow increments um, to understand the feeling to kind of tote stick your toe in the water, so to speak. Um, and let the mushrooms tell you when you're ready for three grams. Um, yeah. And, and, and they will, because one day yeah. you'll be like microdosing. You'll have be, you'd be doing better. Things will right. be changed a little bit in your life. And, and you're like, you know what? Maybe I need to do this. And when they tell you that, what they're trying to tell you is we're, we're getting ready for revelation. Yes. And that revelation Ooh. is going to be your deepest, yes. most craziest, scariest fears. And they're, you're going to be brought to you and you're going you're gonna to understand them in a, a higher light. And you're going to get way. through them. Yes. Yeah, you're going to be able to pass through them. And it's insane to talk about, but it's so cool to experience. A little scary, but a little yeah. scary to think about. But yes, I agree with you. And I took three and a half grams for that. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll just call it the widow's dose, you know, that right. lifted me up out of that sadness. And mm-hmm. you're right. It was, you know, it, it sent me through some stuff and I came out on the other end, lifted and... um secure i felt Mm -hmm. just relief from that sadness so but the but microdosing smaller levels you know uh uh well everybody's going to be different tell tell us then rick i love talking about mushrooms and stuff but tell us how you came into courage and cannabis series Um, well, as broad as I am in the cannabis space, um, I've been holding a golf outing, which is in its fourth year, um, Hazy Holes Cannabis Classic. Um, and it's actually coming up the 23rd of this month. And fantastic. uh, Yeah. And a couple of years ago I had, uh, Dr. Bridget out. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. And, um, she, she kind of saw my story and, knew about uh, some of the things that I'd done. I opened up the fourth micro business in uh, Michigan and lost wow. it because of, uh, you know, the partnership. Politics. Yeah. 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 And um, so, yeah, she just really took to my story and thought that uh, with all the advocacy and the things that I've done, it was worthy to be in her book. And I was blessed to, to 
be able to do that. Um, That's I, wonderful. She's an amazing woman and um, has helped so many people find yeah. relief. I'm so glad that she found you too and that you've been able to do this work together. Well, uh, it's funny because her cousin is Johnny Curry, which um, he's a very well-known, uh, I guess, uh, former gangster <laughs> in oh. Detroit. Oh. And uh, yeah, and he's, he's uh, got his own cannabis brand now and, you know, doing good things for the community uh, in Detroit uh, and, you know, has his prison time and all that stuff's done. Um, so she, uh, I, I knew him cause he'd come to some of my legacy events and some of the events that I hold here. And, uh, wow. and then when I met her, she's like, Oh yeah, Johnny's my cousin. And I'm like, Oh wow. A small world, right? It is. <laughs> well, what do you see happening, uh, in the future, uh, with cannabis in Michigan in the next uh, few years? There's no real predictions. I, I, I don't, like to give those because it's so brand new we're at this place where we're in this uh this foundational constructional spot of a not only a monster industry but yeah. a monster breakthrough in medicine yeah so um to project it's hard yeah, yeah it really it's, is um but to think of where i would like it to be is that Michigan Weedsters and our groups here in Michigan and citizens um, have enough voice that they speak to their house representatives and they speak to the CRA and go to the open, you know, uh, town meetings and things and express, yeah, express the, uh, the value of our, our medical program and how it's helping and that we need to be a, uh, kind of a federal example of the um, of what the federal government's going to implement eventually. Right. And we've already just recently heard about schedule three and I will walk to Washington myself and scream at that one because no way does pharma get this. (laughs) Right. And that's exactly where it would head because the only ones, the only way you can obtain a schedule three is through a prescription that is, you know, through big pharma. So well, they're no just going to want to jack it out into a synthetic anyway, which they've already done with dronabinol and and all of Marinol. the uh, marinol yeah. and all of that. So yeah. you know, no, was, they okay. can have their fake cannabis all they want and prescribe it all they want, but they're not, not at this point anyway. I I I I, I sorry. <laughs> Big pharma makes me stutter. No, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> and I've, I've always told people too that, you know, the beauty of this is this is something like nothing else. This came from a legacy place. Yeah. This would be like if, uh, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it just came from this, this spot of uh, quiet behind the scenes mm-hmm. darkness and if they don't think that it can't slip back in there and these people don't have seeds and clones and aren't going to grow anyway, they're, yeah. they're out of their mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because that, that's exactly what would happen. So that's, that can't be an option, you know, has yeah. to be to what the people wants this to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it <laughs> again, the thought, the whole 
thought of big pharma involved in this makes me stutter, but we'll yeah. get through it. You know, the language of cannabis is rolling under our tongues. It changes mm -hmm. so quickly. Cannabinoidologist, really? Cannabinoid ohm, really? Right. You know, all of these new cannabinoids from, uh, uh, you know, the plant that we don't even know, and, and so many more to discover. So right. there, there's just so much to figure out. It's fun being uh, on the roller coaster, I think. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, until we get whiplash from what politics is doing. But I'm, I'm happy to be in this space with you. And Rick, I'm going to become a, a Michigan weedster. So, Yay. yeah, Good. absolutely. Yeah. I'll get my card through you all and and um, okay. and uh, get involved in cannabis advocacy with the Wheatsters and and all Great. of that. I'm really tickled to to find you and um, and we'll hook up uh, at some some events. Um, I'll come out and see you and, and we'll hook up definitely and do some Great. more things and, and advocate for our cause. Great. Well, that's that's one thing that I. I love about this community is yeah. especially with the, the events is it snowballs, right? It really so does. You just start picking up people and it gets bigger and then they bring their people and then they got somebody that you, you might know and they know, and they're yeah. like, Oh, you guys are both in it. Well, we're in it too. <laughs> and you know, it's just, yeah, it's really cool. It's so. great. Well, it's been wonderful chatting with you. I'm so um, appreciative to learn how to be a Michigander in weed. And uh, you're my new mentor for that. And mm -hmm. I look forward to uh, to hooking up again and again and again. Yeah, New absolutely. Michigan brother. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been fun. And thank you so much. And we'll talk again real soon. Okay, Rick? All right. You take, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, friends, I forgot to ask how we can get in touch with Rick if anybody would like to chat with him personally. Of course, you can find him through michiganweedsters.com. And don't forget to spell out the entire word of Michigan, michiganweedsters.com. And you can find him on Facebook and Instagram and his personal email at anstis421 at gmail.com. Yep, can you believe I said it out loud? I did, because he offered it. Thanks again, Rick, for giving us a peek into your busy and wonderful world. We appreciate your service to our community. You've been listening to another Cannabis Truth Podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls, that's me, about the importance of using verifiably safe products. The process of getting a diagnosis from your family doctor and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find a qualified cannabis expert to help you in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. It is a national society of cannabis experts, and you'll see that link down below in my show notes. 
unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test. Please regard all street weed as contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. Thanks so much for your time today. I hope you found value and understanding through conversations you've listened to on this podcast. Pax of Oh, I hear the cows calling. <laughs>